Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It has been a while. And we're hitting the home stretch. NBA basketball. We're only, only like, a, like a month away from the playoffs pretty hard to believe shout out Kyrie Irving 50 point performance on on Tuesday night was a great great performance for him a great bounce back too from a pretty awful game against Boston that was fun to watch Darius Garland career high 41 points in a win a much needed win for Cleveland over the Indiana Pacers Another fun watch. The Warriors got off the schneid because Klay Thompson came back, looked great. Jordan Poole, thanks to Will Ferrell, coming in dressed as Jackie Moon. That's pretty awesome. That's all the NBA stuff. But, man, I got to tell you, when it gets to this point of the year, it's just hard not to think about March Madness. The buzzer beaters, the elation, the disappointment. It's my favorite time of year. I've told you this on the podcast before, but March, it's the best month out of the entire year. You've got March Madness, conference tournaments, which are started by way now, uh, and you have St. Patrick's Day, and then, of course, you have my birthday. We're not going to talk about my birthday too much because I am going to be entering my third decade of living, but... This is why March is the best. Everything's green, too. So March Madness, it's hard not to, to take my eyes off of the screen. It's, it's very, very difficult. I'm looking forward to it. And I actually won't even be uh, home for that. I'll actually be in Denver. So that'll be fun. Experience of that in a different state. But it's just basketball all around. And it, it's really fun. It's a great time to be a fan, and um, it's great to be back on Keeping It 94. My man, Brian Fritz. I'm Spencer Davies. You all know, best podcast around for basketball, courtesy of the basketballnews.com podcast network, powered by Ticket Smarter and Prize Picks. B, what's going on, my man? Are you nervous about hitting that 3-0? Are you worried about the first digit changing in your age? I'm running away. I'm running away like the wind. I mean, hitting 30 is almost like a sign of being an adult. Well, the only difference is maybe some people expect you to act a little bit more like an adult. doesn't mean you necessarily are an adult, 
but maybe there's an expectation to act a little bit differently. I I can tell you right now, I'm not going to act any differently. Good. But I'm probably going to feel a little different. Maybe physically, you know, maybe after a few nights out, it takes a week instead of a day to recover, you know? Like, those are the types of things that I'm not looking forward to in the aging process. Spencer, as somebody that's a little bit older than you, uh, let me tell you something about the aging process because I just spent four days in Chicago walking up and down the concrete streets and sidewalks in cold weather. My knees were aching. My feet were aching. My wife was tired of me complaining about how much my feet and knees were aching, but I made it through it. I toughed through it. Okay. And uh, I am somebody that's almost uh, to the old uh, five zero, not three zero. So you've got a ways before you can really start complaining about the, uh, the old man body. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're sounding like you were walking against the wind in your bare feet up a hill going to school. Yeah, you know, exactly. That, I walked that... up a hill to school <laughs> and back every day. You know, my day. Get, your, get yourself a cane, Brian. Get yourself a cane. Oh, my God. But it was funny because, like, um, I enjoy walking up and down Chicago, but there were times where I said, you know what? The bus is about to pull up. Let's jump on that. <laughs> But really, though, it is interesting and it is different for me to enter that decade of living. It's just different, you know, and I'm seeing my little brother is like my middle brother is going to be going into his junior year next year. My littlest brother is going to be going into high school. So it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment for me. But um, taking it, taking it with with, you know, good strides. But we'll get to that. We'll Wait, get to you, that. So it's, let me ask you this, though. Do you now appreciate what LeBron James is doing as a player considering his age and with you about to even hit 30 and knowing that LeBron is even older than that and has a lot more mileage on his body and is still playing at this level? It's crazy to me because I grew up watching LeBron, but it doesn't make sense because he's only eight years older than me. Like, yeah. but I grew up watching him. So it's it's different. But I also, like, I caught the tail end of Jordan when I was, like, six. You know, like, that's fine. I I appreciate that I have knowledge of NBA history now, I guess you could say. Like, not history, like, pre-1996. But even just through playing video games on, like, Sega Genesis and you know, getting into, you know, NBA hang time or whatever. Like, I know names of that sort. And then I started watching tape of that sort. I brought up to you before that I watched my NBA Jam Session, 1993 VHS, uh, NBA Superstars Volume 3. Like, so I had knowledge of it. Maybe not while it was happening, but I have knowledge of it. And I do appreciate those... I want to say legends, but those those greats and those players that set the tone for where the league is now and how far we've come from that and how different the game is now. Well, I mean, I think it's amazing what some of these older guys, I say older, but guys that, especially once you hit your mid-30s, even somebody like Chris Paul and the level that they play at. Now, mind you, the advances um, in technology and the advances in what you could do with your body and the amount of money these guys invest in their body when it comes to 
um, all the different things they can do, including dieting and nutrition and different things like that. And it's become like a full-time job, even in the off season. It's incredible. So, I mean, because I mean, you go back, you know, 40, 50 years, like you tore your ACL and your career was basically done. It was never the oh, same. Yeah. And now guys are coming back, you know, six months later, which is incredible. Did, Kevin Durant, case study number one. Yeah, nobody right. would have ever thought, like, you come back from a torn Achilles, you're done. You are done. There's no way you're coming back. And he has come back and played at a very, very high level. Like, Kobe tore his Achilles, but it was late in his career. When he came back, he was nowhere close. Um, but it, it, it's just incredible to to see that. And, you know, you can appreciate guys even more for being able to play at that level, um, <laughs> even at that age. And I do wonder if now we're going to see more guys instead of, like, okay, I'm going to retire when I'm, you know, 34, 35, that maybe guys on the norm now say, hey, I'm going to play till I'm 38. I'm going to play till I'm 40. Maybe with the advances in technology and medicine, you might be right. You honestly might be right. It's not that way for everybody, but there are some who take care of their bodies, who have the right diet, nutritionists, whatever, the right routines, recovery, rest, you know, all that good stuff. Nobody's ever going to be on the level of LeBron because LeBron's still playing like he's prime LeBron. Right. But, you know, you, you get into a stretching routine, you diet, you have the, the yeah. cryo chambers, all those different things. It's, it, it's a game changer. It's a really interesting topic. Something you might want to dig deeper into. Thanks for the idea. You're welcome. <laughs> But like I mentioned in the intro, uh, we are headed down the stretch here in in the NBA. And first things first uh, that we have to touch on is even though the, the components to the trade, not the full components to the trade, will be playing, Thursday night we have ourselves a little matchup of the blockbuster trade. So that is Philly, and that is Brooklyn. Nets visiting the Sixers. We will not have Ben Simmons because it will be a road to recovery and, and rest. I think the team literally just announced this as we were recording that it's official that Ben Simmons will be out due to return to competition, reconditioning, and back soreness. So no Ben Simmons. Uh, I believe that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving will be playing. You'll see James Harden out there. You'll see Joel Embiid out there. So... Even though we're missing the other half of the trade, this is still a really good game. This is still a battle of the quote-unquote Titans. But I'm looking forward to it. I am. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, I think that this is kind of... The players can say all they want about it being another game. And I actually like the way that KD addressed this. KD addressed this, I think, a nail on the head. Um, About, like... You know, you can't really control how somebody else is feeling and giving Harden's perspective of he's 32, a lot of, lot of miles on the tires, and uh, he just wanted to get to a situation where he thought that he could get to the level that he wanted to get to. Um, but you have to really listen to KD's words because uh, they were really... Uh, what do you say? Like genuine, you know, like genuinely put together. But you can tell that there's still like not so. There's still like it's some bad blood. There obviously between KD, Kyrie, and 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 Harden, and uh, we'll see. We'll get to see that play out on the court on Thursday, and and we'll see what levels it can evolve to. 
and it's going to be fun too because of you know you're going to be in in Philly. You can only imagine what the uh, the crowd is going to be like. Simmons will be there on the bench, by the way. I don't even know if that's a good idea, quite honestly. <laughs> I mean, that's that's going to be a distraction the entire game. I mean, how many times is that audience going to pick on him? And, and just imagine this, too, because um, I could see them doing it early, but, like, when somebody's shooting free throws, I could see that happening. If the game becomes a blowout uh, with Philly leading and that crowd is really, you know, jacked up, I could see them really going after Ben. Um, so, I mean, hey, the atmosphere a lot of times can make the game um, even that much more. And hopefully it's a really good competitive game as well. So, um, but having Ben Simmons being there, you know, courtside, I don't know if that's a good idea. I really don't. I, I don't know if I want to expose him to that already, especially in Philly. It's one thing if he's playing and it's the playoffs. Because at that point, if he's back on the court and you're in a playoff series, guess what? You're going to play. But do I need to unnecessarily put him in that environment? I right. That's I. But I think it also shows an amount of courage on his part, though. I mean, just because he's not playing. If he was not playing, there's plenty of stars that have hid, you know, like just not traveled with the team. I remember that with. Uh, Kyrie Irving didn't come to Cleveland for a number of years after after his first initial appearance with Boston. He didn't come back to Cleveland for yeah, another year and a half, two years or something like that. Carlos Boozer, for example, uh, rarely played in Cleveland after he uh, had gone to the Jazz. I remember that like yesterday. You know, some of these guys just kind of want to avoid it. I will give Ben his props to travel with the team to support the team and go back to that place where you know you're gonna get hurled some very very hurtful words you're gonna get a lot of things shouted at you that probably shouldn't be shouted at you some of it justified but some of it over the line of course and we can get into that because that's another topic of discussion going around this season but uh, props to Ben for traveling with the team it sucks we're not gonna see him play but should be a really good game you talk about like crowds getting into games and, you know, fans hurling things. Maybe they shouldn't. I mean, look at what just happened in Boston with Kyrie, you know, I mean, give him credit. I mean, he's, he's not ducking it anymore. Like he's going to be a part of it, but like that crowd, that Boston crowd, they gave it to him. They were only saying Kyrie sucks, right? That's all they said. Oh, well, that that's all we could hear when it came to mass chance. Okay. I am sure there are some random shouts that were uh, not as friendly. Right, right. And I th- I think this is a good sticking point that we can can hit on here with the the fans and the players. And again, I I go back to KD. KD said this in such a great way. Um even though he <laughs> insulted some of those fans in the process. Why not? <laughs> it's like He's like they, you know, they they buy tickets. They want to go and hurl insults at the players because you know they have shitty lives. But he's like, that's the reason they go to basketball games is so that they can yell at us. And and this kind of brings me back to this point. Uh, Russell Westbrook, for example, uh, you know, obviously not having the the greatest of seasons, and fans are you know have gone over the line on him. Uh, said he's been really hurt by. 
the the West Brick nickname that it's disrespectful to his last name. Uh, his family doesn't want to come to games anymore because of it. Uh, they get teased and whatnot. And I have a middle ground here again. Big surprise, right? Because, again, I come to the defensive players if something over the line is said, the death threats, way over the line, bullshit. Like, cannot do that. No place in this game, in this world, for those kinds of threats over a basketball game. But where are we drawing the line? Is, is is it saying a player sucks or you suck or you can't play? Now players can't take that? We're, we're, we're going to get to a point where you can't chastise at all? Because I think that's a little over. I think that's a little overzealous. I think that's crossing the line a little bit on the player side of saying, you can't criticize me. And Come I on. think that's that is fair game from the standpoint. If if fans want to do it, it's fine because as long as you're not doing something that is too vulgar, that's too personal. Because we've seen that way too many times where people are cussing and screaming, or they get too personal about uh, different exactly. things. Exactly, and, and there there is a line because I mean, you want to go into a hostile territory, you suck, you're a bum, you know, whatever. That's fine. Like that, that's part of it. I mean. We can sit here and say, I mean, the reason why they're doing it a lot of times is because they know somebody is a really good player. I mean, it's almost, it's a backhanded way of a sign of respect sometimes, especially with somebody like a, a Kevin Durant or, a, you know, Kyrie Irving or whatever. But there are obviously times across the line, not only with the language that's being said and, you know, what's being done, but like you said, when you get to death threats and stuff like that, I mean, there there's no place for that anywhere. And what's happened in LA with Russell Westbrook, I mean, he has become, the scapegoat for a bad Lakers season. He's a part of why it's a bad season, but he's not the only reason why it's a bad season. And I understand his frustration with the the West Brick nickname and everything like that. And, and the thing that I would say about Russ is we can all see the way that he plays. We can all say, like, why aren't you adapting your game? Why aren't you changing your game? Why aren't you getting along with your coaches a little bit better? Uh, different things like that. And I, I I can get that. But at the same time, Russell Westbrook is not a bad guy. Like, he's a no. good dude off the He's court. great. He's a, he's a really good right. dude. He's a and, really good dude. And he gets along with his teammates, I think, for the most part. This this season has been a little bit of an outlier. I mean, the, the people he doesn't get along with the most um, for the Lakers, quite honestly, is the coaching staff. And you can see when he's playing now, it's like he's playing a different game from everybody else. Like, he's on an island you know, in a, in a lot of different ways. That being said, too, I get the frustration of Laker fans. And if you want to boo him, if he's like having a bad game or something like that, fine. But you know what? You guys are there because you want to see the Lakers win. And guess what? He's on your team. So what good are you doing by insulting this guy even more? Oh, God, you're going to bring me into the Baker Mayfield discourse here in Cleveland, too. But, I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> hey, you if you want to boo, that's fine. But to come up with the names and, and different things like that, I'm like, you're not exactly helping. I mean, it's as long as it just stays at that, like, you know, the death threats and whatever. Like, I, I never understand that. It's so dumb and ridiculous, petty, and I don't even understand how anybody can get to that point. But, like, I, I mean... I'm a Laker fan. I'm frustrated with Russ's play, but are you? Gonna, I, I'm not going to call him that name, you know, or, or anything even worse. 
And I get it from him because he's just like, dude, I'm just trying to play. You know, I wanted to be a part of this team. And now this is happening. I mean, his wife is out there on social media. She's never spoken out on social media about her husband in all those years of playing. And now she's doing it because it's got to that point. So it originated in LA. Yeah. The I last mean, name, nickname. I haven't heard it before. Have you Westbrick? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm, I really don't know. Where I, I'm it not came. sure. I mean, this, this is the most I've heard about it. Maybe it's been said somewhere else, but like, I've never heard a whole home crowd chanting that name. Yeah. I mean, that's not even visiting. It's not like he's playing elsewhere. They're chanting it. It's the home Laker crowd doing it. Yes. And then yeah. and that's why he's even brought it up and said, you're disrespecting my name. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're right, even if they, he's on the road or something like that, it's even like, okay. Maybe somebody but, said it and it's a random thing, but I've never heard anybody really chant it like a bunch of people. And you've got the whole, you know, stadium at, you know, crypto.com arena and they're all chanting, you know, making fun of his name. I'm like, wow. I mean, that, this is getting ridiculous. But this is what I hate, though, because I feel like some of the best interactions you can have is between a player and a fan talking smack to one another yes. throughout the game. Like, I, I don't want that to go away. I, I Like the other day, I saw JaVale McGee had a, a fan ejected that was, a, a, you know, two seats behind uh, baseline. And I don't know what was said. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, see like I, I researched it. I just caught a clip of it. But like, I feel like you see that happening more and more and more. Look what happened. I want to know if I want to know if it actually warrants these ejections or if if it's you know being too sensitive. It depends on what's being said. Like I mean, it does. LeBron had a couple. People oh, the LeBron thing was absolutely just horrifically like horrible, sadistic. Yes, sadistic thinking. Like well, um, and then Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo, that's absolutely. That one was justified because people anywhere. were chanting boy at him, like a bunch right, of guys yeah. and stuff. It's and, you know, yeah, it's bull. I mean, that, that stuff I totally get. And yes, get security. I just don't want them. the lines blurred. I don't want it yeah. generalized to that every insult is to that level of an insult. I, remember, you know? I mean, you remember the guy, I can't remember his name, the guy that was the Wizards slash Bullets fan. They used to sit behind the visitors and he used to trash talk them the entire game. <laughs> there was a fan that did. I mean, he was like, and this is what he did. He was a season ticket holder. And he didn't cross lines. He was just a professional trash talker. You know, we would sit behind the visitors. And it got to a point, too. I believe he went on the road a couple of times. And I think even the Celtics one time got him a ticket because the Celtics were playing somebody else. And they got him a ticket in Boston to sit behind the other visitors and trash talk him the entire game because the guy oh could goodness. be so annoying. But, like, he didn't cross a line. Like, you could sit there going, ah, you can't shoot, and oh, look at how bad you're playing, and oh, my God, look at this, look at that. I'm like, if you want to do that stuff, then, hey, guess what? You know, that a fan can do that, but there are yes. lines, like you said. Then I, and, and I do appreciate if there is some interaction, because then if a player hits a shot and do whatever, you know, you can point at that guy and stick it to him and, you know, say whatever, and like, shut your mouth, and, you know, whatever. And like, you know, that, that that's part of the game. It is. It is. I just don't want that to go away. Selfishly, I don't yeah. want that that fun in those interactions. You know the Spike Lee, Reggie Miller stuff. Like I don't want that going away. Oh, that that, that, that that can happen with anybody on the sideline too. Like I don't know. I I just I just don't want these 
incidents to lead to not allowing it at all. You know, like I don't want I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it go that far. I don't want to see people that are ruining it for everybody else. I think with people when they pay for a ticket these days and with the amount and well, just people that are paying customers add that to how emboldened I think people have been have become on social media. And I think sometimes you add those things together and it adds an element where people will say stuff that maybe they wouldn't have said before when they go to a game, but they say it now. And Mm -hmm. that, I mean, and I don't get it. Like, why do things have to be so personal and so nasty? Like you could sit there because, Hey, there are huge rivalries in sports, but when it's all said and done, you can at least respect the other team and you can have fun because it is a rivalry. You want your team to win, but you know, having fun with the the banter back and forth can be a part of it, but there's too many people that, that cross lines now. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're definitely not wrong on that one. Uh, a lot of bold people with Twitter fingers. So I guess, you know, I don't know. I just, I just hate seeing it go that way and I don't want it to ruin the fun of heckling in a responsible manner. Yeah. And that's <laughs> the know, thing. That's like, it. Are you, and I think that's a good way to call it. Like, are you really going after somebody or are you just heckling as a fan? Like, if, if a player gets pissed because someone's like, oh, 0 for 7 from the corner and he gets all mad and tries to have a fan exaggerated, that, that's not, you shouldn't do that. That doesn't, oh, that, yeah. And I don't think a fan, and I don't like, think a fan would get ejected for that because a fan can, you know, there's enough security and a fan can, you know, make their case. And somebody yeah. has to get over that because if I'm if I'm a fan, if I want to, but like, oh, here comes another corner shot. I haven't made one yet. You know, like, I mean, different things like that. Like, like somebody can make an air pass like, oh, who are you throwing to the guy in the yellow shirt there in the third row? Like, Where'd I you mean, go? The toilet yeah, store? I mean, that's all fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. All right, I think this is a good time to go into our prize picks, Brian. It's been a little while. It's been a little while for us, so just want to let our audience know, of course, all users that deposit new the promo code NEWS on prize picks will receive a 100% instant deposit matched up to $100. So make sure to sign up at app.prizepicks.com. Of course, I will always be doing the points, rebounds, and assists. We'll let Brian lead off with his picks real quick, and then we'll get into mine. So I only have one guy when it comes to points, rebounds, assists, and that is, you guessed it, my guy, Kyle Kuzma. I took the over over (laughs) 33 and a half. Kuz, um, over the last week, has beaten that, I believe, his last three or four games, so I'm going to ride the hot streak there. Um, I also have... Jason Tatum, speaking of somebody riding a hot streak, but do I have him for points? No. That's a little high at 29 and a half. Not that he won't get it, but I took the over on blocks and steals at one and a half for Tatum. I think he can get that. And for my third one, I took LaMelo Ball over five and a half assists as they're playing the Celtics tonight. Okay. I'll run you through mine real quick. Going to go with Time Lord, Robert Williams the third. All these are points, rebounds, assists, by the way. 24 and a half. I'm taking the over on that puppy. So that's a big one for me. I think Robert Williams has been playing very, very well lately. So good on him. I thought this was crazy. This was real crazy to see this number. I think it's very low. But Drew Holiday, 30 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. I'm taking the over on that. 
think Drew's been playing well. He's coming off of probably one of his worst offensive showings in a you know a week or so, but I think he just gets right back to where he was. Um, they were playing OKC on Tuesday, so he wasn't really needed in that situation. And then here, this one always bites me for some reason. Every time I do a player prop with this guy, it bites me. But I'm gonna try it out here because I saw this number and I thought it was pretty low. And against a team that cannot, cannot, cannot play defense. <laughs> Going to go with Aaron Gordon. 22 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. We'll take the over on that one. So there you go. Got Drew Holiday, 30 and a half. Got Robert Williams, 24 and a half. And Aaron Gordon, 22 and a half. All over. Because an over isn't until, an under isn't until it's over. So I'm taking overs. Over, over, over. And once again, reminder, all users that deposit and use the promo code NEWS on PrizePix will receive a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100. Hopefully I win, Brian. Hopefully I win. I know that you're desperate for a win. Yeah. And I mentioned Drew Holiday. I picked Drew Holiday. And you have on here the Bucks. they are on a streak. They've won five in a row, and they're looking like themselves. Uh, it's much in part to how Drew, Drew Holiday has been contributing not just offensively, but offensively in the fourth quarter and defensively in the fourth quarter. They really locked down in those final periods. Chris Middleton's had uh, numerous, uh, you know, binge-scoring opportunities. Uh, Giannis looking like Giannis. I think Serge Ibaka is someone who deserves a lot of love, who's who's making a huge impact off the bench for them. Uh, Looking really fresh, honestly, uh, since he injured his back. Uh, in LA last season, he he just looks really good. I think you're getting you know really good contributions from from Bobby Portis, who's been in that starting lineup for uh, you know quite some time now, and is is doing some really solid things as a floor stretcher. And uh, you know, yeah, you know, p- bits and pieces. Some of the new guys, you know, Javon Carter, uh, somebody that they picked up off of of you know the um, free agency after he was waived by Brooklyn. You have. DeAndre Bembry also, you know, who came from Brooklyn, um, who can give you really solid, you know, pinch minutes. Uh, Jordan Nawara, they've been playing him a little bit more as of late. And he's really taken the opportunity and run with it when he's gotten these expanded minutes. So they're they're doing really well. Uh, they're kind of like hot and cold, but I think that's just another regular season thing. I don't have any you know, qualms about it. Uh, like, for instance, they're on a five-game winning streak and they are coming off of a stretch where they lost four out of five. You know, that's just that's just the NBA season, to be completely honest. Um, but they look like the champs and they, to me, are still the team to beat out of the East until said otherwise. I agree. I mean, they've been up and down, you know, throughout the year. We keep waiting for them to, like, kick it into another gear. And I wonder if this is it. But regardless... They win games, I think, minus the laugher against the Heat recently. But for the most part, I feel like they've been stepping up and winning some games against other teams. Like, you know, it wasn't too long ago where, um, you know, they won against Phoenix. You know, they won against Chicago. Um, the more recent game I'm against the Heat, I was thinking about another one from earlier in the season, but they beat Charlotte. I mean, they, they've stepped up in some other games. Like, the, even the Nets game, that was super competitive. Um, so they've been playing better as of late and 
you know, they're they're starting to look a little bit more like the team that we saw in the playoffs that can close out these games. They're yeah. taking things just a little bit more seriously. Not not that they were not serious, but you could see like there was they could do a little bit more to close out games. And now I think we're seeing that a lot more. And I think a part of it is too not only Giannis putting up those numbers, but Middleton's finally getting back to, you know, the Chris Middleton we're used to seeing. Um, you know, we put up that 44 against the Suns the other night. So, yeah. you know, getting, getting that element back and having him around in the form, you know, is, you know, that that's a difference maker for this team. It is. Another team on a five-game winning streak who has only one less win than the Bucks and basically the same record is the Mavs. And here's this team that's, you know, just kind of biding their way through the season. They don't get off to the greatest start. They're pretty much middling by December. And all of a sudden, they're 15 games over 500. They're on a five-game winning streak. Luka is, I think, easily the second-half MVP so far. He's just looking tremendous. I know that he's getting a little testy with, what was it, Rudy Gobert the other day. Yeah. <laughs> they won. They beat the Jazz after, uh, after, in that game. Shout out, shout out, shout out to Spencer Dinwiddie who, you know, mostly watching him in Washington, you thought that might be cooked because he couldn't quite get to the rim. He was not making his shots. A lot of, you know, things were said to him on the way out of the door. Alex Kennedy actually wrote a great article for that on basketballnews.com. And this dude, Spence looks good. Spence looks real good. It doesn't even have to stagger him, you know, with with Luka. He was in the starting lineup against the the Jazz. But that was because Jalen Brunson wasn't in there. But I think that Dinwiddie, one, he's ideal, I think, as a six-man. I think he's really good at commanding his own unit. But, my God, do you see the difference? I mean, I know it's an eight-game sample size. He's averaging 18 a game, five assists, shooting 55% from the field and 45% from deep. And it's, it's the way he's getting to the rim for me. Because that's creating the spray outs. That's when you have your Dorian Finney-Smith in the corner. You have Maxi Kleba out on the on the elbows. Now you have Davis Bertans if you want to use him in a role where he's sharpshooting. That, I think, I mean, he's doing a really good job as that unit's commander. And it's given Luke an opportunity to take a breather if he ever needs one. I think one of the biggest things, though, too, is just not having the specter of Porzingis out there. Just, you know, not that he wasn't having an, a bad season, but still they knew that it just wasn't working. There was not a fit. And moving on from him and just not having him on the court, because, I mean, while he was playing better this season, he still wasn't a knockdown shooter. You know, he still wasn't playing as well as they needed him to. And to move on from that, and not have to worry about him out there, and to go with more of a small ball lineup, and to be able to get the production they've gotten out of Dinwiddie so far, it's been a game changer for them. Sure. No, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I I still am all about my man DFS, man. I, he doesn't get enough love. And he, he signed that huge extension uh, about a month ago. But I, this is just one of the best... And I do not mean this in a way of, of an insult. He is just one of the best role players, stays in his 
you know, vicinity of what he's supposed to do can go out there and score over, you know, uh, do a 20-point do a game here and there. But he just knows what he's there to do, and he does it probably better than most in the NBA. And that's 3 and D. 3 and D, grab rebounds, get yourself some stops on the defensive end, and compliment, compliment, compliment. Uh, I'm surprised that I haven't interviewed during Finney Smith at this point because he's one of those irrational love players I have. Mm-hmm. But, God, I just love the way that, that he plays the game. And he's he's got a little bit of nasty in him, too, and that's another thing I like. You look at the way that they are playing, and now that, I mean, Luca's in shape, and he even recognized it, and he has played different here in the second half, like you said. Dinwiddie has been so such a welcome addition to this team. And they've just embraced the style of ball that they have. Like they were kind of most of the way there, but not totally there, I would say. But now the pieces have definitely fit together a lot better. And yeah, look at how they're playing. I mean, they're, they're surging right now, you know, in the West, like you said, they've won five in a row. They're up to the five seat. And this is closer to what I think a lot of people thought they were going to be doing, you know, going into the season. And we didn't see that for the longest time. But now, no. now they're doing it. Yeah. And if our listeners want a just little recap of how Luca's done the past few months, since the new year, he's averaging 29.7 points, 10.3 rebounds, 9 assists, 1.3 steals, he is making 45% of his shots on 22 field goal attempts, taking eight threes a game and making 34%, which is okay. It's not bad. It's not good, but it's not bad. And then uh, he's 76% from the line, which is a lot better than how he started because he could not make a free throw to save his life at the beginning of the year. So, uh, yeah, Luca is, is doing some really good things, but the complimentary pieces that Dallas has put around him, and we didn't even mention Jer- Jalen Brunson, who's going to have himself a payday this offseason. They're doing well, and I think that, uh, Brian, you made it sound like addition by subtraction with the Kristaps Porzingis move, and so far, it's it's definitely proven to look like that at the moment. Sometimes it's what you just have to do. Like, you just have to make a change and not have somebody that, you know, Porzingis isn't somebody can just sit there and say, we're going to bench you. Like, you've got to play him if you got him, and he's helping. Right, and exactly. They, it just wasn't a fit. It was like time to, you know, move that a player and that personality, you know, to another team, and we need to try something different. From five-game winning streaks to a five-game losing streak, the Bulls. And I saw an interesting stat on the Bulls. Something you wouldn't think because, you know, you're, you're seeing DeMar DeRozan do all these great things. Zach Levine, when he's been healthy, has just been great. Uh, this team itself, like, it just looks like it has really, really good vibes, you know? Like, but this, this, this one stood out to me. And I don't know if you know this, Brian. The Chicago Bulls against the top three seeds in each conference are 0-14. So here's their record. Against the Miami Heat, 0-3. Against the Sixers, 0-4. Against the Bucks, 0-2. Against the Suns, 0-1. Against the Grizzlies, 0-2. Against the Warriors, 0-2. So how do you react to that? 
it does it does it necessarily matter? And is this a concern going into the postseason? Or are you like, no, we have a guy that's scoring, you know, over 35 a game in the last month? I would say one of the things you gotta look at though is who was playing in those games. Like were they healthy during a lot of That's a really good point. And that's how stats can become very misconstrued. Right. But that being said, um, yeah, I would be concerned about it because you're going into the playoffs here pretty soon, you know, in a month from now, and you're going to be playing the better teams. You don't have the cupcakes to to kick around anymore. So, yeah, I would call it concerning. And they've, they've got to get healthy. I mean, you know, they've got Zach Levine back. And like you mentioned, you know, DeRozan's just putting up, you know, ridiculous numbers. And, you know, he had that stretch of game winners and everything. But they're missing their backcourt. They're missing Lonzo Ball, and they're missing Alex Caruso. And those are their two best perimeter defenders on their team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, without those two guys, they're definitely vulnerable, and they need them back as soon as possible. Yeah, and that goes without mentioning Patrick Williams, too. (laughs) They've been without a starter the whole year. So I think it's honestly more admirable that they're in the position that that they're in, but zero wins against those teams is is interesting. That that kind of... Uh, is a, a a little bit of a bugaboo for me. However, they are playing as one. I love the development of Iodisunmu. I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Javante Green to be able to step up that way. Kobe White, somebody that I thought wasn't even going to be in this rotation. By default, now he's been playing and he's been playing very well. So there are positives to come out of this. And knowing that you're not at full strength is probably something that makes you feel a little better. But you do have to start winning those games against the the head honchos, if you will. Look at the had, amount of points they've been giving up lately, though. Uh, 121, 118, 130, 112, 116, 118, 109, 122, 127, 119, 115 and some of these are wins okay (laughs) so i mean they have not held a team to below 100 um and you have to go back a little ways when they played the orlando magic which was well a month ago or something so it's been a little while no mind you like i said it looks like that's january 3rd yeah it looks like they Pummeled the Pistons on January 11th. That was, oof, that's a pummel. Uh, and then they held the Bucks to 94, but that was in a loss. Yeah. So, I mean, in you, January you, 21st. You got to go back a ways. Like you said, their backcourt has been banged up, but that's what they're missing out on, I think, right now is some of that ball movement and balance and the defense on the perimeter. And you look at even their point differential right now. And while the Bulls are still the four seed, they're their point differential is only 1.4. And that used to be a lot higher. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some five-game streaks for you. Uh, I did want to get into to this real quick before we get into uh, Mr. Jokic, which I absolutely want to talk about because nobody's talking about him again. Uh, but we we foolishly did not address the Grizzlies on our last podcast. And they deserve their flowers. (laughs) They absolutely deserve their flowers. Ja has to be an MVP conversation. 
he might not be the MVP, but he might be a top three candidate. He's just, I, I'm I'm seeing some unearthly stuff from him. And it's not even just always in the numbers. It's one you you see the the flashy dunks and you think to yourself, okay, this is how this guy looks. Um, and you see a buzzer beater with 0.4 seconds uh, on a full court heave from Stephen Adams, and you're like, wow. But it's it's the way that he just kind of operates and is in control the whole game. What man that is 6'3 and 174 pounds should be leading the league in points in the paint? Has what? I can't even come up with words for that. He's like in the, he's amongst the rays of like the trees of like Joel Embiid and Jokic and these other like dominant bigs that get their points under the basket. And yet this dude who is a point guard, that's probably not even 6'3, he's probably 6'2, let's be honest. And he just has this slice and dice, manipulate the defense, and I'm getting into my paint and I'm scoring. Whether that's by free throw or by layup or by thunderous dunk. And he's doing it all. He's doing it all. And it's bringing his teammates along with him. That that dude is just, he's a dynamo to watch, man. He's one of the most exciting players to watch in the league. Flat out. And, I mean, you talk about a reckless abandon going into the paint. We haven't seen a guy... You know, this size going to the paint, probably going back to very early Derrick Rose. And before that, you're talking Allen Iverson. Who also, by the way, definitely endorsed him on his Instagram. He put yes. he, he put Jaws jersey, draped it over his MVP trophy and posted it. But, I mean, go back to, what was it, about a week and a half ago, the game against the Spurs, where he put up the 52? Mm-hmm. He didn't just put up 52. I mean, you watch that game, and he did every kind of highlight you could imagine, like long threes, dunking on somebody. Um, he dunked on Pirtle, like, and just sent him into a time warp. Uh, the shot where he caught it and threw it over the backboard and made it at the buzzer of the first half. Um, just all the different things. It was amazing to watch. I mean... He went 22 of 30 that game. Yes. 22 of 30. It's ridiculous. I mean, he put up 52 and like he only made four free throws. He only had four three-pointers. And they don't, by the way, they don't need that from Ja. No, they absolutely have a good enough team. They, by the mean, way, and, and secondly, not to interrupt you, yeah. but he followed, he preceded that 52-point game with a 46-point game uh, the game before and beat the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, he put up he put up ninety eight points in two games. That's stupid. Ninety eight <laughs> points for a guy this size. I mean, and, I mean, the great thing is that he is healthy because we've been waiting for this, like, just for him to hit this level of his game and to be healthy. Because earlier this year, you know, he was banged up. We were wondering about this team. And remember, the Grizzlies started to really turn things around when Ja was out because they started playing better defense. And then when he came back. They just continued that, and then they had, you know, their leader on the court back and putting up ridiculous numbers, and that's what we've seen to where now, you know, I said this, I can't remember how long ago it was, we were talking about, like, what teams we thought were real, 
And I said, hey, the Grizzlies, I think, are really good during the regular season, but I think that's all it is. And I got to start you know, changing my mind about that because you look at the way that the team is playing and you look at the West, which I think is totally up for grabs. I mean, outside the Suns, the Suns, obviously you get healthy, you get Chris Paul back, you know, they're getting Booker back. Um, but you get them healthy into the playoffs, you know, they're, they're a huge favorites to come out of the West, but that doesn't mean they're not vulnerable. And I look at some of the other teams there, who else do I have trust in, you know, coming out of the West, you know, with the Warriors have been, you know, shaky, the jazz are taking a step back. So I think it's up for grabs in the West and the Grizzlies, while they don't have that playoff experience, you know, you look at what they've been able to do so far, you know, this season, and they might be a hot team going into the playoffs and you never know what can happen. They're the freaking second seed, man. They have the second best record in the NBA. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild because, you know, there's some people that kept them out of their playoff picture to start the season. Right. And remember, this is a team too, that I think when you look at, the ownership there and the management and they sit there and go, we're building something really good and we're almost there. Like we've got, you know, we've got the ownership in place. We've got, you know, our cap situation is really good. And we've, you know, we've got the money we're going to spend. Just imagine this in like a couple of years. They're ahead of schedule. Oh yeah. They're way ahead of schedule. Easily. Easily. They're, they're, they got a young core, man. They got a young core. Uh, what? Probably Steven Adams is the oldest player on that team. Yeah. I mean, but they have to be even be surprised, like, to be at this point already. Because I think they probably thought, like, we're a year away from this, maybe two. And they're there now. Mm-hmm. And it's not and it's not like some kind of sham or anything like that. Like, oh, there's got a little hot or whatever. Like, no, this this team's for real. And by the by, they're getting their they're playing uh assassin Dylan Brooks back here soon. So that's another thing that we don't even touch upon there. All right, on to Nikola. On to Nikola Jokic. Denver has just kind of been sitting there right in the middle of the pack in the West this whole time. And uh, they're starting to sneak up on people. They're almost to 40 wins now. Um, They are looking really solid. Much in part due to, and Mark Schindler did a great article for us on basketballnews.com on this, but their bench has gotten better. Why is their bench gotten better, Brian? Because they brought in Boogie Cousins. And Boogie has given Nikola Jokic a chance to, you know, take a breather, but also provide them a very, very reliable backup big. Okay? And that's, that's huge for this team. That's huge. Um, in their last 13 games, they are 11-2. and two. And they've beaten some really solid teams along the way. Uh, some of it's, you know, uh, I, I take that back. Maybe not really solid teams, but they've beaten some formidable teams along the way. How about that? Um, most recently beating the Warriors, even though they're slumping, still beat the Warriors. It's always a good win. Uh, they beat the Nets in this stretch too. Um, so yeah, maybe their their schedule is actually a little softer, but they've been winning games. Right, and that's the important even though, thing. Even though I'm going in games. circles here, I, I, the more I look at it, I'm like, ah. But they did beat the Warriors twice in this stretch, both yeah. home and away. I mean, hey, a win is a win. I mean, if you go back to even like late January, they beat the Nets, they beat the Pelicans, they beat the Bucks. 
I mean, they, they played really, really good basketball going back, you know, since the beginning of the year. And it's just been, it's been Jokic. I mean, Jokic has been the guy, obviously, all season. But I think more and more people are starting to really notice it because, I mean, once you had the injuries, once Michael Porter Jr. went down and you started the season without Jamal Murray, you look at this and go, yeah, they've got the reigning MVP, but how good are the Nuggets really going to be? And they've just kind of been steady. I mean, you look at where they're at right now, and yeah, they're the sixth seed. They're only a game back, you know, of the five, and, you know, just uh, a game and a half back of the four seed. But, you know, more and more people are saying, wow, the Nuggets are still there. They're still there. And Jokic is putting up ridiculous numbers. Ridiculous numbers. Like, I, I know people always want the flavor of the month. They want something new. And, you know, Joel Embiid has played incredibly well. And people have talked about him for the MVP. But the numbers that Jokic is doing without the same kind of weapons has been incredible. I mean, look what he did the other night. He put Against up, the Pelicans in overtime, the, he had a 5 by 5 46-point, 12-rebound, 11-assist, 4-block, 3-steal. 30 points in the fourth quarter in overtime. Yep. Come on, man. That's yep. nuts. And then he followed that up with a 32-15-13. We're going we're gonna to leave out that he probably should have been ejected in that game, but... but Maybe. But uh, ejected and or uh, technical fouled, but... Uh, no, he has been putting up stupid good numbers, and uh, his team is, has definitely rallied around him. Uh, Michael Malone, again, you know, we all we always think that this team's gonna, you know, just kind of be that, eh, they're there type. But I, I feel like he always has them ready to play at the moments that matters most. But they, I you mean, know? their bench has been forced to get better because they don't have anybody else because of the injuries they've had. So what yeah. Will Barton has played better. Monty Morris has played better. Aaron Gordon is still a little bit up and down, but you know, they've got him. And then you mentioned Boogie, you know, coming in there now and he's actually been putting up some numbers and he's been able to and they traded for Bryn Forbes at the deadline. And no one talks about that. Bryn Forbes right. can score in bunches. He can yeah. shoot the ball. So, I mean, yeah. they, there are other guys have gotten practical experience as the season has gone on to where they've been able to trust them a little bit more. Yes. Yes. I, I happen to agree. And also, you know, you got to give flowers to, you know, Austin rivers and a guy like Jeff green, Jeff green, uh, always a veteran that you love to have on your team when you're going after, you know, the biggest prize in basketball. So yeah. shout out to them. Is there, is there any other team you want to hit on um, before we move on? The Celtics. I think we have to talk about the Celtics. Okay, yeah. Because no, I, I mean I picked Time Lord in my in my my lineup tonight. So I mean, you look at the run that the Celtics are on and their defense, uh, the way that they played for the last couple of months. It's how I imagined it, Brian. It's how I imagined it. I mean, when I made my preseason picks, <laughs> I was I was called a liar. I was called, you know, every time we talk about, oh, they don't have a point guard, they don't have a point guard, and. You know, it was ringing true for a very long time, and now they're figuring it out. And Marcus Smart is figuring it out. Marcus Smart's been great in the starting lineup. Uh, you know, everyone's paying attention to what Jason Tatum is doing, and rightfully so. But uh, Mr. Smart is is diamond. He's been diamond and and playmaking uh, since January 23rd, averaging over six assists a game, um, and and really, you know, honestly, he's been shooting the ball okay 
And that that's honestly a huge component to this offense. You need him to be shooting well. But look at the guys that have really stepped up on this team. When you talk about Tatum in the numbers that he's putting up now, which are crazy, and he's really on a run. Like, he's he's taking it to another level. And people wondered, like, could he ever get to this to where it's MVP-like numbers? And that's exactly what he's done. Mm -hmm. And then Time Lord. The way that he has played and the way that he has stepped up has been incredible. It's the energy. As well. It's the rebounds. It's the blocks. It's the high handoffs. Yeah, he's just—he's a machine. He's like Energizer Bunny type of player. Like I love watching Robert Williams play. But those guys, you know, the way they've stepped up, and you mentioned Smart, and I think he took offense to when people even said like, "Oh, the Celtics need a point guard." So he started playing better before the trade deadline, and they've just kind of launched even higher since then because. You know, Derek White, I think, has been a perfect complement for mm -hmm. this team. Yep. And now, you know, Emi Adoku has got his substitution pattern down. Um, and everything is just kind of fit. Plus, you know, Al Horford. I was going to say, we got to give we got to give him great. some love, man. Like well, since since uh, February, his plus minus average is plus 14. Yes. They just got to keep his mids down. There have been some games where I think they played him a little bit too much. Got to keep them fresh for the playoffs. There's a lot of thirty. There's a lot of thirty minutes in here. As what I'm saying, let's let's, <laughs> let's let's scale those numbers back. And I think one of the other guys that has to be mentioned on this team is Grant Williams because mm -hmm. Grant Williams and the way that he has shot the ball, especially from three point range, is a lot, has just been a fit where they can just put him in wherever and he can spell some guys some minutes. Like not a lot of time, but he can get guys a breather here and there, and you're not really losing ground putting him in there and he has just been a nice little component you know and a little bit of a glue guy for this team yeah and uh you know not to go through the entire roster but i think having some familiarity with daniel tice also helps you know this team knows daniel very well and it's not like he's going to be playing the same role as he was beforehand there's not enough there's too many cooks in the kitchen for that but you know 10 minutes here 12 minutes here it's a good guy to have in there. Can stretch the floor, plays good enough defense, and uh, plays the right way. Gets you some rebounds. But I mean, they're they're on an awesome run right now, and you know they're blowing teams out. Their defense has been incredible. Their defense is the best in the league since the new year. If you go back to, let me look at this real quick. Go can I back ask you to, why while you're looking this up? Yeah. Can I ask you? Is this another situation of addition by subtraction? You know who I'm talking about. Well, they got rid of Schroeder. <laughs> yes. It is. But, I mean, they start playing better before they traded him, too, though. Okay. So, th this goes back to, I think it's more of a, a defensive thing to where I think, you know, they got, Emi Adoka really impressed us on everybody. Like, I think just, come on, guys, let's get it better on defense. We If we get the defense, I think the offense will turn around. He's toughened up this team a lot. Yeah. I mean, Reigning coach of the month, by the way. Yeah, and, I mean, and just go back to deserved. some of these these numbers. Like, they start off the new year, like, you know, they they held, you know, I mean, I know it's the Knicks, but, like, held the Knicks to 75. I mean, there, there's a lot of games in here where they've held teams under 100 points. There's 99, 92, 87 against the Wizards, 75 against Sacramento and that, you know, infamous yeah. blowout there. But, like, they held the Heat to 92, you know, um, the Magic to 83. I mean, I know it's the Orlando Magic. It's still a professional team. They held the Nets to 91. Um, they held the Hawks to 95. They held the Sixers to 87. I mean, these are incredible. And, like, you look at the the 
the margin here of, of the victories. I mean, there's a lot of double-digit wins in here, too. Yeah, there are. And, I mean, you look at Jalen Brown, too. Jalen Brown's been playing outstanding. Uh, this, this is a well-oiled machine right now. Yeah. And this is the way it should have been. And maybe, you know, maybe they just turn the focus up a little bit. I, I don't know what the reasons are for it. But, I mean, they're not the only ones that it takes maybe a little bit of time to get going. Not everybody's ready off the rip, you know? But, I mean, I so many times we talked about, like, are Tatum and Brown a fit? And It's always foolish. It's always foolish. The Celtics stayed with it. And the thing is, too, I think I they realized it. I think everybody really realized it. Like, for this team to click, you know, as good as Jalen Brown is, Tatum has to be the number one. He has mm-hmm. to be more assertive. Oh, yeah. He has to do more. And he's done it. He's accepted that. And look God, at the he way did it all on Sunday. His, his oh. game has just blossomed over the last two months. Yeah. No, that game against the Nets, man, he was getting downhill. He was making his his uh, step to the left shot. He was, you know, diming it out. He was running in transition. Uh, had the bat, just all the bag work, and even in the half court, just with some of the the dribble drive moves he had. It was and it was the aggressiveness, man. Uh, it it was just all there. And he's just that in was control. The, he's yes. he's in control, man. And I think a lot of us too forget. And, and and you know, people make fun of us. You know, when we mention, you know, he's because the the all running joke was he's only nineteen, but truly he is only twenty four years old, guys. Mm-hmm. Still only twenty four years old. He's fifth year pro, and he is not even close to his prime yet. So let's let's realize how good Jason Tatum is. Uh, and seeing how terribly he started the year, but now seeing the 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 ridiculous run that he's on now. There was an adjustment period for the new coaching staff, and they didn't really change over the roster much. Other than adding Schroeder and, and Horford, who started off the season well, but then quickly looked old. And then I don't know if he made a trip to Germany or what has gone on here for the last month and a half, <laughs> but uh, he's... He's looked a lot better. That's why I talk about like keep those minutes down. But um, you know, this team has finally found their chemistry. And they're not yes. worried about like, oh, we gotta have that traditional point guard or whatever, because like, you know, having smart out there who's kind of changed those games a little bit, but then the addition of Derek White, who is basically like another version of smart, but it like he fits. Like the pieces have fit. They found you know, the jigsaw puzzle, it's like they finally found the corners and then everything else just kind of came together. I agree. I agree, man. Well, I think we hit on like six teams. So that's pretty probably a, a solid start there. Dude, we've got conference tourneys coming up here. I'm I'm really excited. Like I said in the, the intro, man, I love love college basketball this time of year. It's, the, it's one of those times where you have to Google where the college is and, and what division they're in. Like you see the no name colleges come out of nowhere, like the UMBCs and the, you know, the Bryants of the world, by the way, really crazy stuff happening. in that came on Tuesday, but really looking forward to March madness. Conference attorneys are off to a great start. Um, but the NBA is still uh, king around here. And that's what we do here. Keeping in 94. Real quick, shout out to Greg Popovich. He's one win away from breaking the all-time record, Don Nelson, uh, currently tied with him at 1,335 wins. If he gets one 
on Wednesday against the Raptors. Greg Popovich will stand alone on top of that hill. So congratulations to you, sir. Uh, You are a true, true winner. All right. That's it for us here at Keeping It 94. Of course, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Spin Davies. He is at Brian Fritz. I am on Instagram at Spin Davies. He is on Instagram at It's Brian Fritz. We are powered by the basketballnews.com podcast network. We've got some great ones for you to listen to, guys. The Dunker Spot with Steve Jones and Nikias Duncan. We have the rematch with Aton Thomas. He just had Derek Coleman on, former big man, all-star, and Q's alum. So make sure you go listen to that. The Alex Kennedy podcast with Alex Kennedy. He just had a great guest on, Jarnell Stokes, and uh, also Sarah Kustak of uh, the Yes Network. So listen to that. Dishes and Dimes with the Ladies, and of course, Nothing But Bets, a daily gambling podcast hosted by Evan Sidery. So make sure you subscribe to those and subscribe to Keep It at 94. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen to them. Leave a comment, rate, review, subscribe, and do all that fun stuff. Until our next episode, we're going to be starting March Madness next week, but also stretch run of the NBA. We can do both, guys. It's okay. We will talk to you another time.